hey, hey, hey. Who among us is ready to shut off the mask and be done with all of the things that have been implicit in being in a pandemic? I know I for one have. I'm ready for travel as we once knew it, life as we once knew it, and fun and fellowship. So stick around today if maybe you're intrigued by why we need fellowship. Hey friends, welcome to the Productivity and Proverbs 31 podcast. I'm Kathy Lanham, your host, your mentor across the airways, if you will. I'm a mom of five, former teacher and top 2% company leader. Now I'm a coach, a podcaster and a business strategist. Stick around if you're a Christian mom with some big dreams, messy bun and sweatpants. You might feel all the guilt, but you refuse to be a Pinterest perfect mom. You live in your car and reheated coffee is a staple. If chaos is usually rampant and you'd like some practical tips on how to grow a business, grow in your faith, and get some control with an occasional date night thrown in as a bonus, hang around. Because as we grab these few minutes together, I want to help you keep growing in your faith, build a business that lines up with your God-given gifts and talents, and make memories of a life you love. So reheat that coffee and let's get started. Okay, I'm going to give you four reasons why we need small group fellowship in our Bible study. And this all came to me last night in pretty much of a revelation. Hello, mamas. I am driving home from said Bible study that I only signed up for because I was like, you know, it's been a long time since I've been in a study. And I started to think back, but wow, yeah, it's been a good two years, more than the pandemic, pre-pandemic because of busyness, for one, and traveling, keeping the roads hot back and forth between North Carolina and Tennessee, where I help take care of my mom and where my grandkids are. And so I'm going back and forth. And last night, after a wonderful time of fellowship and Bible study, I just happened to think how, you know, the devil really does come to steal, kill, and destroy. And we can use that in any way that you want to, where it concerns your Christian growth, your marriage, and your fellowship with other believers because Satan does not want us to be in right relationship in close intimate fellowship with either our spouse, our significant others, our family members, or our church family. And if we look at stealing, killing, and destroying, COVID has certainly done a lot of that. It's our fellowship, our meeting together time. Some churches are still even at this recording, not meeting back in person. And my not being in Bible study Corporate Bible study was not a thing of backsliding, but like I said, just busyness and doing different things. And then, of course, the mandates that you couldn't meet together. But I was thinking after our Bible study that in the still kill and destroy method, if the if Satan can steal our joy and our peace and our health, he wants to kill our relationships, our connections, our dreams, destroy our hope, our future, our dreams, our peace. If he can destroy families or, oh, how about this one, our witness and our walk, then we are more ashamed and embarrassed and don't want to have fellowship. Or maybe you have things going on in your home that you know would just be embarrassing if people found out, or you're in an abusive relationship, or there's some kind of an addiction, porn, or alcohol, or drugs, or workaholics, whatever that is, that you really don't want other people to know about you. So you don't want fellowship, and you are stiff-arming that in your life. I just want to encourage you. There, Here are four reasons. I'm going to give you four reasons that you do want to be in fellowship, other than Hebrews 10.25, where we're told, not to forsake assembling together of ourselves. And I do believe that means more than church attendance on Sunday morning, okay? 
I mean, being in active fellowship, and that's number one, is it gives us fellowship and it gives us intimacy with other believers. We can know and be known. Those faces become names that you remember. It gives us the human interaction that we need, the Christian interaction that we need. Iron sharpens iron. And if I am only living in my own little bubble world and I've got my bar set up here, well, I'm perfect. Well, I don't know what their problem is. I can be critical and sarcastic and demeaning and judgmental. And none of those things glorify the Lord. And it's in being in fellowship with other people that we see that. Now, of course, let's not throw out the benefit just right up front of adult conversation. And there are plenty of studies, plenty of churches. It does not have to be your very own church. I'm not speaking of proselytization, but there are lots of churches that offer studies that also have childcare. Some even have, and some studies actually in their daycare, it's not just a playtime, but they offer a lesson for your children. Don't be afraid if your church doesn't offer that to look outside and to go feed your soul with fellowship outside of your own church. So that's reason number one, we need the fellowship and we need the intimacy. Number two, we need to be studying to show ourselves approved. We need to be sitting under sound teaching and sound doctrine, especially if you are going to a church where the word is not being taught. Let me encourage you to get under solid biblical teaching of sound doctrine. And in my study, when I read the word study, I believe it means more than a cursory glance. It means more than reading it or hearing it taught. It means for you to dig in more than going to an online commentary. It's where you learn things. Just from last night, here's a spoiler. Did you know that Luke was not a disciple? He was not an apostle. He wrote two books in the Bible, Luke and Acts, we assume, but he himself was not an apostle. He wasn't a companion of Paul. He was a friend, and that's a trivia fact I should have known. But because he wrote the book of Luke and Acts, I just assumed he was an apostle. I never really even gave it much thought, but he's not. He was not an eyewitness to the life of Christ, so therefore he was not an apostle. So that's just kind of some fun trivia. You never know what you'll learn no matter how long you've been walking because the word is living and active and it is sharper than a two-edged sword. So you can read things one time and then you hear it taught a different time and it just leaps off the page at you because now in the place where you are, that word has application for you and it it hits your soul. Number three, it's also a safe place where we can lift one another up in prayer and we can bear one another's burdens. Now I want to give a little caution here because this one's tricky. It is not a place where you're sharing other people's sins or airing out dirty laundry. We're not defiling our marriage beds. We're not in Jesus name, bless her heart. We're not sharing prayer requests that really is nothing more than thinly veiled gossip. Absolutely, that is not what I'm talking about. But I am talking about sharing the burdens and the things that you have on your heart that are too big for you to bear alone. And again, from my example, just from last night, this is just one class. Can you imagine what happens if I do a whole year with these people? But in just one class, we had a health concern from one mom. We had another health concern from another mom. We had a school concern from a third mom. So we're able to encourage one another and to lift one another up and to share each other's burdens. And I just believe that is so needed. The number four, it's great for accountability and blind spots. Sometimes we don't even know that we're in sin until that's pointed out to us or someone shares that with us. Or if somebody else is sharing their struggles and we go, oh, that's a sin. Ooh, you know what? That's, mm, yeah, that's me. I struggle with that one too. But I would have never said it out loud. Other people's vulnerability 
increases our ability to be transparent. And I think transparent, vulnerability, and authentic are great buzzwords. But in this social sharing age, I wonder how much is it really true? Are we really sharing the truth? When we're asked, how are you? Do we say, oh, I'm fine. And then we could sing a little song. Oh, I'm fine. Yes, I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine. Yes, I'm fine. But I'm not. I'm broken. Yeah, I don't sing. There's a reason. And you just heard it. But if someone else shares their struggle, it can highlight a sin for you. Last night, another friend last night in the Bible study happened to share that for her, time could really be an idol because she doesn't have a whole lot and she doesn't like to share it. And I was pierced oh, right there, right between the eyes and into the heart because that is me. I didn't even think about the fact that I jealously guard my free time because I am busy and I do have a lot going on. Am I being open and willing to what the Lord has for me to do? So that's just for me. That's a personal thing, but that's something that I learned. It also can help us stay accountable to memorizing scripture. If that's a goal and hiding God's word in your heart is a goal and you have other people and you verbalize that and you tell them, then it's you study and you're doing the work and that helps to hold you accountable. And it also can reveal our pride. Accountability is great. Pride of all types of things. But we had one gal in our small group last night who shared that she was really struggling with the homework. And she had to be, she said, this is really humiliating for me. It's very humbling for me to share that I didn't understand the homework. I didn't know how to answer number two. And I was just getting frustrated. Day two, number four, I was getting frustrated. Wherein three other people at the table said, oh, I'm so glad you said that. Me too. So when we gather together in a small group, it gives us accountability. It reveals our pride. Sometimes our sins are presumptuous and sometimes they're not. Sometimes we do it and we know we're sinning. Sometimes we do it and we don't even realize that that's what we're doing. So small group Bible study, it shines a light on that and it helps us to become more Christ-like by softening those edges and by chipping away those things that do not belong in the body of Christ. And then as I'm just summing it up, this is a short, quick one for us today, but we don't get the privilege of being a Proverbs 31 woman, a Titus 2 woman, an Esther, an Abigail, a daughter of Sarah, or just an old lady in the word in isolation. It takes the ebbing and the flow. It takes fellowship. It takes growing in our faith to become women like that, where we can share our wisdom, where we can instruct the younger moms and we can teach them. And in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says to study, to show yourself approved to God as a workman who needeth not be ashamed, or who does not need to be ashamed. Sorry, learned that in the King James back years ago. Who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of God. And I would just submit to you that we are much more able to do that, to study to show ourselves approved, that we do not have to be ashamed and that we accurately handle the word of God when we come alongside other believers who have that same goal, when we are running toward the prize that the Lord has in store for us at the end of the days. So if I could be an encouragement to you, mama, today would be to get out of the house. Sometimes the studies are in the daytime, sometimes they're at night. Check your church bulletin. You never know what's being offered because you weren't looking for it. You didn't even know they were offering it. And if it's not being offered at your church, there's lots of great teachers that you can sit under. Bible study fellowship, precept, all of the teachers. I can't even begin to start naming them off one by one. But call the local, I don't know, let's say there's a Baptist church in, on the corner and you're like, well, I'm not Baptist. Well, what studies are they offering? Because most of the time when they're offering these Bible teachers, those Bible teachers are teaching the Word of God and that's where you want to be sitting 
under the Holy Spirit, studying God's Word, which is active and sharper than a two-edged. Four reasons we need a smaller Bible study group. Just to recap, number one, it's for fellowship and intimacy, to know and be known. Number two, for teaching and instruction so that we can study to show ourselves approved. Number three, so that we can lift each other up in prayer. Sometimes you need prayer. Sometimes you need to pray. And then number four, for accountability and blind spots with the end goal that we would be a woman with a spirit that is pleasing to the Lord. Until next time, go be a blessing to others because when you're a blessing to others, can't help but be blessed yourself. Take care. It's Kathy. Hey guys, real quick, I hope this episode was a blessing to you and that you learned a nugget of truth, got a laugh, or had something that you can share. It would be such a blessing to me if you would go over to iTunes and leave me both a starred and a written review. I would love to be able to read some of those reviews online and that pours into my ministry and my work so much. In addition, if you want some of our free things, that's found over at kathylanham.com. I'd love to connect on social media. DM me at at kathylanham. That's my handle over on Instagram. So until next time, you'll be a blessing to others because when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. Take care. Take care.